1: Children's box.
0: Why, what, and how? Hughes eight and Kate will break it down for you now.
1: Day 584 of the quarantine. I can't remember what it was like before. Tell me, sister, did we have... Toilet paper, then? Oh, all the toilet paper you could want. Two ply, four ply. <laughs> I remember, I remember we had so much we threw it in trees. We had so much. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh. But oh, the days. Those days are gone. They're gone, and now I'm a homeschooler mom. Really? Where I homeschool my children. And teach them how to school at home. Precisely. And actually, that was a lie. I am a substitute homeschooling mom. Ah. My husband is the homeschooling parent in my home. I go to Temporarily Temporarily Well yes yeah, everything is closed Though I do have to wonder If there are parents out there Who are homeschooling right now And they're like This is awesome We're gonna do this from now on Because you know there are And then there are some parents Who thought they were going to homeschool their kids Who are like Oh god no When will it end
0: I have seen online People going We need to pay teachers Ten thousand dollars a day That is
1: <laughs> I You know If any good comes out of this uh, I Ho- hope that is the good That comes out of this Hopefully Hopefully Probably not No No <laughs> I was thinking to myself, who are we, Kate? Oh, I am Kate. <laughs> yeah. And who are you, Betsy? Oh, I'm Betsy. Oh. And why are we here? Because um, we're breaking the
0: rules, apparently. We're not supposed to be in the same room. I
1: know. Well, look, you're, okay, not six feet from me. No. Um, but if I keep from spitting on you, you can keep from spitting on me. Okay. Okay, so that's not the best thing, but It's close. It's close. <laughs> And yes, what do we do on this podcast? We talk about spitting and toilet mm-hmm. paper. <laughs> well, yes, that's part of it. But, but not the larger hole. The larger hole oh. is that we talk about picture books. Mm-hmm. And whether they are good or whether they are whether they should be quarantined into a basement and never be taken out <sighs> again. so much better than whatever I was going to come up with. Mm, yes. You're welcome. It's so nice when I, like, leave a gap and then you put something smart in there. Oh, i thank like, you. Nice. <laughs> well done. Yes. And, you know, for this week, I thought to myself, well, what if I got a good, a good picture book... That was uh, on this topic. Because, you know, originally I said I was going to bring a celebrity picture book. Yeah. But I haven't been able to get into my library since Ooh. we made that decision. <laughs> so they kind of closed it up on me, which is good. I'm glad they did it. However, I have no access to the materials inside. Which means I only have access to the five gazillion books in my home. And this particular book that I'm we're going to do, by God, is not currently owned by moi. Oh. So... I did think about doing uh, something that has to do with quarantine or something that has to do with illness, and there was a really good book called *Sick Simon*, which is super disgusting, but it's not a classic. So today's book is an oldie; it's goody. We've never done it. I don't think you've ever seen the illustrator. Uh, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna whip it out and look. Oh look, it's that big thick book of HarperCollins Classics that it's contained in. Oh, Boom. leo the late bloomer that's right and it's so tiny i don't think you can actually read who it's by but it's by robert krauss and it's illustrated and i am going to butcher his name jose arugo that's how i pronounce it yeah i'm okay. gonna go with that sure and uh, you ever heard of this book here nope yeah but and he looks uh, terrified he he does look terrified he looks like a. I terrified.
0: do like his eyebrows though
1: oh he's got his like eyebrows. what
0: two sets of eyebrows or are they three sets or well there's eyelids and then you got eyebrows yes. and then maybe like wrinkles
1: or they could be stripes he's a tiger oh right. he's a tiger so he's got little unless his eyebrows have traveled all over his body in <laughs> horrible <laughs> he just... mutated ways discovered in eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> he was actually just an orange tabby cat and then his eyebrows took over with that in mind read that book okay okay while Kate does her read, I'm going to give you a little background information on this book. And here's the fact of the matter. There is an interesting aspect to the story behind the illustrator, uh, Jose Arugo. But I'm not going to get into that until Kate comes back. Uh, in the meantime, let's let's talk a little bit about him. What do we know about him? Well, so Jose Arugo tended to work with his wife and collaborator, uh, Ariane Dewey. And he was, now they made many, many famous books together. I'm sure you've seen Whose Mouse Are You or Gregory the Terrible Eater. And actually, as it turned out, at the beginning of his life, he was supposed to be a lawyer. Uh, He actually graduated from law school in the University of the Philippines. And he passed the bar, but he always loved art. And came to New York City in 1956. And he studied at the Parsons School of Design. And then he started making cartoons and that's actually how he started somewhere in the new yorker and the saturday evening post that doesn't date it at all and uh actually some appeared and i don't know how this would work on the ed sullivan show and then he and Ariane published their first book together in 1969 and after that the story gets very interesting ahoy hoy hello hello hmm yeah hmm yeah Hmm. Yeah. So I read a book. Did you know? I did. Ooh, I so, like
0: books. It's Leo the late bloomer lion. You put a lion in there. I did. Just so Maybe. people know that he's a lion. He's a lion. His name
1: is Leo, and one might think he was a lion. He's not a lion. Actually, he's a tiger. But really? He has stripes. He's orange. Oh yeah. He has no mane. <laughs> We're off to a good start. I'm glad we could could clear that up. He really went through that with a fine tooth comb. I just think Leo the lion. I don't think. It is a little weird that his name is Leo and he is not a lion. I will grant you that fact. Right. What would be a typical tiger name? Tony. Yeah. Tony the Late Bloomer. Tony. The late bloomer, Tony the late bloomer, Tony the late well, bloomer. What are
0: you doing? You're slow on this, no <laughs> on that. <laughs> and
1: then they have like a you're whole... slow one. <laughs> then they have a
0: kerfuffle. That's hey, the kind I of would a love. a kerfuffle. I want to read that book. Tony
1: the tiger has a kerfuffle. Yeah, <laughs> I would read that in a hot minute. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, what happens in this here book?
0: Well, it starts off wrong. Okay, the first starts off wrong. It starts off wrong. <laughs> well, we <laughs> haven't
1: we haven't just put a stamp on anything here. All right,
0: because <laughs> the very first sentence is, Leo
1: couldn't do anything right. Now, is Leo thinking this? Is the narrator thinking this? Or is his father thinking this?
0: Well, it goes on to say he can't, he couldn't read. He couldn't write. He couldn't draw. Not being, well, with reading and writing, not being able to read or write doesn't mean he can't do it right.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: means he literally can't do it. Right, right
1: exactly. So that's just... Was well, a little bit of an outdated concept now that we know about reading problems that people have like dyslexia oh, don't even, and I I haven't even gotten to that yet, <laughs> oh, all right. yeah, yeah, yeah. but
0: but right there I'm like, okay, it's not that he couldn't do it right, it's mm-hmm. that he can't
1: do it. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's not even doing it at all. So it's that's... not a question of right or wrong. It's a question of it even happening.
0: Right. And then you get to this bird, which I'm like, what the heck is this? Because it kind of, it's doing like the one leg up like a flamingo, Mm -hmm. but it's bright red yeah, and it's small.
1: It looks like a conch shell on legs.
0: Well, you get to the page of he couldn't write and it spells out plover. Oh yeah. So I looked up plovers. Yeah. yeah. Plovers plovers aren't red.
1: What? Maybe it's a red breasted plover.
0: Here's the thing. There are red capped plovers, but they have white bellies and it's just like a like a you know like a like a natural redhead, it's that color red only on their head, not their not like a like a fire engine red in, over their entire so body. So what you are
1: telling me is that you have detected a plover inaccuracy in the text, in the illustration, in the art. A yeah. plover inaccuracy in the art. Yes. No fault to Robert Kraus. Then this is all on. Well, this is actually on Ariane Dewey's fault actually, but we'll get to her later.
0: Oh, okay. All
1: right. Um,
0: just like going through the he he couldn't write
1: he couldn't draw <laughs> yeah. he okay. was a sloppy eater. <laughs> I like that you've become like the guy from the trailers from like nineteen eighty four In a world, like, in a world
0: where he couldn't eat, we're an almost world. lion. Where, where he can <laughs> eat, but apparently he's a
1: sloppy eater.
0: I'm like, yeah. I so bad for this tiger. There's no way a crocodile. Someone's judging
1: him, but I don't know who's judging him. There's a a lot of Yeah, the crocodile's very delicate.
0: Well, yeah, there's no way a crocodile wouldn't be a messy eater. And there's also no way, and it says, and he never said a word. There's no way a crocodile says crunch. Like, that's not a thing crocodiles say. I mean, it
1: says crunch if you're in its mouth. Right, that's the sound that it would make.
0: But this this crocodile is speaking, just like okay. So the owl is yeah, saying, "Yeah, because
1: you heard a crocodile. That's not Elephant the sound. It's going, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: The snake is saying hiss. Sss. The plover is saying pip. Apparently, sure. but no way is a crocodile saying crunch. Crunch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they make kind of a elephant-like sound, kind of a booming sound. But it's, I don't know how you would write that either. I guess they just thought it would be easier to go. Crunch, Crunch. (laughs) you know, like the teeth do with the food.
0: So then we get to Leo's parents. We have the father who keeps asking, like, what's the matter with Leo? Mm -hmm. And then you have the mother who's like, nothing's wrong with them. He's just a late bloomer. Mm -hmm. Is this how parents feel when their kids are slow or behind the pace of others? And if so, who has the right approach? The mom who says you need to be patient or the dad who wants to actively do something
1: So this is a very complicated question that you're asking Because I feel like it has a two-pronged approach As we mentioned earlier, there are reading you know, disabilities And Leo doesn't speak Which really indicates he's on the spectrum in some way Now, that's a clue That's a big clue And I feel like if you didn't have the not speaking That the other stuff, I would actually agree that the mom's approach would be correct. Because, you know, I have two kids. One kid at a very early age was doing everything, you know. Was like, you know, making words on with the things on the refrigerator. The second kid was slower. And we did have that like, what's wrong with the second kid? And nothing. Nothing. The second kid moved at a different pace. So that way, it makes sense. But the way that it's set up in this book it does feel like she is actively ignoring warning signs and the dad saying maybe we should have this checked out i would say so
0: what's the right approach
1: in this particular case, I think that because of the not speaking, I think the dance approach is the right approach. Maybe we should see a professional about this. But maybe we maybe, should have him... But maybe... Skip... But maybe not. Well, I mean... but maybe
0: skip the part of the dad stalking the son in the middle of the well, night. Well, see, that's
1: not a good approach. <laughs> yeah, see, that's a bad approach. Though I do like that the text is saying he's not watching his son and then he most definitely is watching his son. So you've got that weird, like, sort of dichotomy between the the text and the image where the kids can see that the dad's eyes never leave the son even though he seems to be doing other things in the book right like he's supposed to be watching tv right but he's the text is saying one thing but the art is showing that he's clearly spying on his son from behind the Armchair? Do tigers have armchairs? Sure, why not? I
0: guess I'd be interested to hear what people think Like, what they think is the best approach The mom's approach or the dad's approach mm-hmm. Given Leo's situation However, I want to know what the writer's approach is When he says snow is plural Wait, he says snows? The snows came
1: Well, I've heard that before, have heard that before? The snows no. came What? Sure, that's a thing Who says that? I don't know, people? Nobody says that All sorts of people the snows are a coming. Don't don't you hear your neighbors say that to you? I've sometimes? never heard
0: snow. Ain't you
1: feeling the chill in the air? The snows is a coming.
0: <laughs> no, Betsy.
1: <that's laughs> pretty sure that's a thing. Are you from Canada? I <laughs> have, have to look it up, but I'm, I'm almost sure.
0: Yeah. So that's weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then um, eventually, after the snow has melted and the flowers have bloomed, one day and is. Own good time, Leo bloomed. Mm-hmm. And he can read, and he can write his name in cursive. Yeah,
1: that's that's like Einstein not speaking until he was, what they say, he didn't speak until he was like five, and then it was like full sentences or something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, he can draw, which this is what disturbs me. We haven't seen a single human in this entire book, <laughs> and yet Leo draws a little girl.
1: Maybe he was drawing his dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that went dark. I'm sorry. I just I, take, I just think, think
0: that's weird. Like you we don't, it's a see, weird any, choice. We don't see any human. Maybe then... it's a
1: maybe it's an imaginary friend. Maybe he's just made up
0: he some random what humans creature. He knows human
1: look like? Well maybe he just accidentally happened to conjure up what a human looks like. Where a, a genius.
0: <laughs> right. And then we get to the end where not only did he just speak a word, he said a whole sentence. And that sentence was awful. Oh. <laughs> Wait,
1: what was, the, what was the sentence? Wait, what was it? it?
0: The sentence was, I made it. Yeah. I am so disappointed Oh, in interesting. Because I feel like when you say, I made it, mm. it's like you're comparing yourself to others. Now, think of, think of when you run yeah. a race. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're running this race. You're, everyone is in front of you. You're you're trying to catch up. Everyone's finished, and then you get to the end. and You're like, "Oh, I made it!" Mm-hmm. Like to catch up with the others. Whereas right. if you said, "I did it," yeah, I feel like that's like oh. your own personal accomplishment. Now that's instead interesting. Of comparing yourself to others. Now I could be completely wrong, but when I read it, I was like, huh. "Oh, he's he had to compare himself. He couldn't just be proud of." Himself, I don't know. Maybe I'm in, maybe I'm misinterpreting. No, I think it. you've got
1: a really good point about that, and I think you're right. When a person's, you know, I made it. Yeah, I mean, you could mean yourself, but yeah, typically speaking, it means you're in a competition in some way, or at least other people are in your mind when you're talking about. Oh, good, I've gotten to the point that other people have gotten. I think that's a legitimate or when critique. people say
0: like, you know, they like in show business when you're like, aha, you know, I was in this like you know, crappy newspaper or whatever, and they're talking about me. That means I made it. I
1: made it, baby! That's because
0: you've compared yourself to others, Mm -hmm. and now that you've reached the level that they're at, you've made it. Very interesting point.
1: I don't know. I would just like to point out, you didn't point out the fact that the snake does an excellent snow stake using, oh, uh, using sticks. Oh, I noticed. Yeah. I th- thought that was an excellent snow stake
0: I wondered how this, I mean, unless it's really compacted. It's, in order know, when it's
1: early in the season and it's that to... really good snow. Because there's some curves going on yeah, here. Yeah, no, he's very talented, see? Yeah. Yeah, totally talented. All right, little background information. Because there's a scandal
0: associated with this book. Oh, well, did you also know that there's additional information at the end of this book? they have no
1: i did not know that
0: (sighs) they have this whole section of how to enjoy leo the late bloomer further and they have a point in here a bullet point that says talk to your child about being patient i'm like okay i get that but what if your kid has a learning disability seriously right is it better to tell them be patient or is it better to work on the skill more than others if you're lagging
1: behind uh both i'd say work on the skill but if the kid doesn't immediately get it say be patient we got to work on this right i mean I, I just, it's a combo yeah so he, reading that i was like i don't know if that i see what you're saying but one one alone is not right. sufficient. i would say i don't know that's a good point now uh, but that mentions uh does that mention who the author and the illustrator are there at all yeah yeah the illustrator well, How, who's the illustrator again
0: uh, Jose Arugo. Well, that's
1: very that's very curious. You know why that's very curious? Because he didn't color a single one of these pictures, my friend. But he drew them. He drew the outlines.
0: Yeah, because it says here his recognizable pen and ink drawings. Yeah.
1: He didn't do the watercolor and the color separations for the proofs and printing. His wife did that. She received zero credit, wow. copyright, or royalty for the first 10 Books that they published together, and this included. Oh, I thought you
0: were going to say the first ten books of this book. <laughs> no.
1: Well, actually, there were sequels. Uh, I believe I have heard that there is. Oh, the I meant no, like Bloomer the first ten
0: books that were created. Like, oh no, this book published ten times. <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no. But
0: the millions of others.
1: Well, you'll notice it at least in this collection. Her name is not on the cover. No. it is nowhere to be seen. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. So they were married, uh, and then. His career took off. He did the lines. She painted the color. The color. They, he won, I believe, I could be wrong, but I think he got a Caldecott at one point. I'm not sure that she did. And let me tell you, there were, there are author, illust, like illustrator, married couples who both do the art. Uh, the Dillons, who both won a Caldecott. But in his particular case, she got no royalties. She got no copyright. It wasn't until an art director and publisher at Macmillan discovered that she was the one doing the color and the separations that she began to get credit. And then, funny story, uh, they separated and got divorced. And she decided to get her fair share of the royalties and the copyright and the credit. Good And for eventually, her. she did. Good. So, by gum, uh, as far as I can tell, she is still alive. He died back in 2012. They collaborated after the divorce. Wow. Yes. So they made over 30 books together. Wow. Yar. So I guess they worked something out. Yeah. Yeah. Ratings time. Ooh, I didn't... Ratings time. You go first, because I don't have anything ba, ba, prepared. Ba, 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 ba. Oh. Um, yes. So, love the colors. Love the art. I can't help it. I do like his style. Um, at which, only though, when it is compared, combined with her style. And... You know, you know, as somebody who's had a kid who, you know, wasn't really a late bloomer, but, you know, came to things on their at their own pace and their own way, I was kind of grateful for this book. But it has not aged well in the 21st century. There are a lot of issues at work here that the book is simply not addressing. It's kind of outdated. And I can't give a high rating or call a classic something that is a bit outdated. So I don't hate it. But I'm going to give it a four.
0: That's what I was going to hey, say. Hey, I
1: agree. Yeah.
0: yeah it. I, I, <laughs> I've i laid out all my issues. <laughs> yeah,
1: no. And, and I think they're legit. And
0: people can debate us, and that's totally fine, because a lot of it is subjective. True. Like, the first sentence and the last sentence I both <laughs> have issues with.
1: Well, that's the author's part.
0: I, I mean, I could also have an issue with the title. Like, Late Bloomer. Mm.
1: Isn't... At the time, I think it was... A forward thinking phrase But these days It's kind of like "Mm -hmm."
0: Yeah And also He should be A lion If his name is Leo (laughs) Okay that's a whole Different thing
1: That's, that's just setting down And plovers conditions.
0: aren't red. Okay. Okay,
1: plovers aren't red. red. Well, yeah, you know sorry. Ar- Ariane will, will find... Watch. She's going to write in and be like, actually, I found a rare plover that was. Right. He's be like, Show okay, me, because right. I looked. Show her the plover. It's just
0: that one that's that's red on the top, but it's got a white belly. It's not
1: whatever. I love your plover insistence. I'm just saying. It's fantastic. And I love the fact that this book gives me an excuse to say the word plover over and over. I which, mean, I'm
0: now an expert, so...
1: Plover over, plover <laughs> over, plover over. Okay. Moving on, letters time. Cool. Okay, so we did get a lot of letters, and they were mostly about what celebrity book to do next, so I can't read them to you. Oh. I simply can't. I cannot do it. However, we got two more comments, and they were very interesting. Dan B. wrote in. Hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. Ooh, Danny B. Danny boy, eh? Huh? The pipes, the pipes are calling?
0: <laughs> der
1: sure. Derp peeps, derp <laughs> der That is the best. If you haven't seen The Muppet Show, uh... Oh, Danny boy, boy, oh, boy. Oh, Danny.
0: <laughs>
1: <coughs> Sorry. Did I kill you? You killed me. Uh, that is that is my favorite Muppet me, skit, actually. Me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs> me, 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 All right, moving on. Anyway, we have not even explained that that's Danny Boy performed by the Swedish chef, an animal, and beaker. Okay. Yeah. Dan B. <laughs> says, though so this is in response to we're going on a bear hunt. There's an animated short of the book, I assume it's Weston Woods, because it's always Weston Woods. Good point. That adds a subplot, possibly inspired by the final image. One of the daughters recognizes that the bear is nice and just wants to make friends. If I remember correctly, she convinces everyone to come out of the house to play with the bear at the end. (coughs) This seems to me like a terrible plan. Uh, yeah. I mean, you had commented on the fact that the bear looked lonely, and in fact... There were some people on the Instagram that had commented that they thought the bear was singing songs like All By Myself. That's having, what I'm having, yeah, <laughs> having not heard the podcast. So apparently with people who just watch the Instagram feed and don't listen to the podcast That's okay. Yeah, I'm okay with that. All right. <laughs> uh, point number two. Now, this was an email from Sean Rubin, uh, author, illustrator. Fantastic. Hello, Sean. Hello, Sean. And he all he wrote was, Niche topic of interest. And he sent me a link. Now, Kate, you take a particular notice in a book when a cat has a butthole. Oh, yeah. Happens Ah. a fair amount. (laughs) He found a link where there is a theory that in the Cats movie, someone digitally put in buttholes, and then the studio thought it was a bad idea, and so they digitally removed the buttholes, but that out there somewhere is a butthole cut. And many people want to see it. <laughs> it is getting us through these hard times I mean, that we live in right now. It's
0: been a while since you've given me a picture book with uh, a cat anus. I
1: haven't been doing a lot of European children's <laughs> books recently. Um, besides, it's really hard to top The Cat and the Swallow, uh, which we did. Remember that was the one that was a Brazilian one that we did?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that, had, that was uh, an intricate anus. That was a, yeah. it wasn't
1: just it was a whole package. That was a whole Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Pack- that was a that was a male cat. You said yeah. package. I'm just saying. <laughs> Grown up things we like.
0: Um so since we are in the time of self quarantining and everyone is binging on Netflix and Hulu yeah.
1: um
0: well I went to Vegas this past weekend. Yeah, so you're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went for work and for a birthday because mm-hmm. it was the penguinologist's birthday. Oh, okay. Good. It wasn't um, like a
1: huge birthday party and 100 people. No, were there no, no. No, you were no, all no, no. no. Sharing cake we slices. wanted
0: to go see shows, but uh then Cirque du Soleil canceled all their shows, Penn & Teller canceled their shows, then our hotel closed and It was a thing. But anyway, two separate people on two separate occasions both recommended this show on Hulu. So we were like, okay, we'll check it out. It's called Letterkenny. It's on Hulu. And it's about a small town in Canada. um, And it's a comedy. Not kid-friendly at all. Okay. But after a few episodes, yeah, you you get into it. Um, Definitely recommend having the closed captions on because they go very quick. With their jokes, like, but, and the accents are also kind of hard to understand, because they're very thick Canadian accents. Sure. Um, so, but it's very, I think it started off as a YouTube show, and then Hulu picked it up and made it a series, so, hi. It, it's funny. I recommend it. Letter Kenny, on Hulu. Check it out.
1: Excellent. Uh, mine is also, sort of because of the coronavirus crisis, um, there was a, so I was thinking, you know, I run this blog... About children's books. And I thought to myself, you know what? Now would be a good time for me to like put all the children's literature links into one spot. I could do it as a blog post. It'd be very helpful to people. We'd get a lot of attention. It'd be great. Well, the darn Today Show beat me to it and they did it better than I ever could. There <laughs> is a Today Show link called How to Homeschool During the Coronavirus Crisis with free resources. If you say Coronavirus. Cor- yeah, corona- you can't do it either. Coronavirus. What was the Crisis. One? Coronavirus crisis. Coronavirus crisis. There you go. Coronavirus, Coronavirus crisis. crisis. Coronavirus crisis. crisis. Coronavirus, crisis. Crisis. Coronavirus crisis. crisis. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we can do it. We can do it. Toy boat. Toy boat. Toy boat. Red, um, red yeah. leather. Yellow leather. Exactly. Well, anyway, it's great. It's got every possible link. It shows every artist who's doing like sketching with the kids every day live, uh, and it in, it includes uh, the other the other podcasts that I do. Uh, that other one there. So, that's nice.
0: So, wait. The Today Show linked to your podcast. Mm-hmm. But not to this podcast. Well, you know
1: why? Because they reached out to the Today Show and told them about it. Uh, after <sighs> they saw the original post and they updated it with that. I didn't know they did that. <sighs> I know. What? But But, follow up grown-up thing I like. I spoke to uh, BYU Radio and I got to plug this podcast quite a lot. Brigham Young University? Yeah. Cool. They want to talk about Anne Carroll Moore, and uh, I talked about it, and then they were like, "Hey, do a whole thing at the end about the podcast that you do." And so I did. Nice. So there you go. Okay. okay you got a little plug there. You got a little plug there. I mean, considering we can't do KidLitCon because of coronavirus, I, know. I mean, I know. okay. Yeah. Well, it's okay. Well, sure. Way to end it on a downer note, man. Well,
0: here's what I'm thinking. You'll somehow be able to like sneak into the library, get that celebrity book, and then we can do that next week, right? Oh yeah,
1: we'll do it. Oh, I'm not sneaking. I will go in. There's nobody gonna break in. There's no one in the library. Breaking into the library. That'd be
0: awesome.
1: The only thing a library does is shush. So I figured it was the only. No, that was good. Okay, 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 okay. On that note, which is much cheerier, I've been Betsy. Okay. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our quarantiner is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.